This month, our podcast is brought to you by Jay Brooks Coffee Roasters in Memphis, Tennessee. You know by now how much I love coffee, and Jay Brooks has a special place in my heart. True North is their original signature blend. Its name points to Jesus Christ, who they say is the real owner of this company. The name reminds us that we are guided by unwavering integrity and clarity of purpose directed by our Lord. The name derives from the world of orienteering, finding your way across terrain with a map and a compass. In order to stay on course and avoid getting lost, the compass must remain oriented toward true north to avoid getting off track by the pull of the compass toward magnetic north. When trekking in the backcountry, the alignment of the compass with true north must be regularly calibrated multiple times along the path in order to stay on course. Did you know that? I love learning new things. Just as the pull of magnetic north can get a hiker off track and eventually lost, so the pull of the world can also affect each one of us. If we're not careful to constantly calibrate ourselves, our spirits, ethics, morals, decisions, with our perfect standard in Jesus, we'll slowly but surely lose our way and end up somewhere we don't want to be. It's in these moments when it's especially important to create some breathing room and ask, how's all that working for you? Jaybrook's Coffee Roasters offers True North as a perfectly balanced cup that reminds us to remain centered in the one who is perfect to orient our lives every day. And hopefully we'll savor a cup that infuses a bit of tasty delight along the way. To order this signature blend for yourself and learn more about Jay Brooks, click the link in the show notes or visit jbrookscoffeeroasters.com. That's the letter J, brookscoffeeroasters.com. You are officially invited to create some breathing room. This is the absolute best podcast to find the strategies, resources, and motivation you need to stop drowning in overwhelm break free from hustle culture, and live out your God-given purpose. I'm your host, Rachel Baker, and girl, I've been there, done that. It is my God-given purpose to help you find space for an intentional, so you can confidently live in those strengths, skills, and passions that light you up and serve others. I know you are ready to create some breathing room, so let's do it together. Welcome to episode 36 of Create Some Breathing Room. I am pumped for you to hear this episode. We are talking with Kristen Hallinan today, and she is literally one of my favorite people. She's another beautiful soul that I met at the retreat in Gatlinburg last fall, and we just had so much that we connected on. She's got a book coming out very, very soon. You can already pre-order it, though. If you are listening to this live, it's ready for you to order. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. Let me tell you a little bit about Kristen, just in case you don't know her yet. And then you can get to know her and find out just how amazing she is. So Kristen Hallinan is a sought-after writer and speaker. She is passionate about helping women redeem the pain of their past and move towards a healthier and more hopeful future. How beautiful is that? She's on mission to equip women and support families. She previously worked as Director of Development for Mops International. I know there are a lot of you listening who either are currently or have been part of a Mops organization, so that's just kind of a cool connection point. She enjoys working with teen moms crisis pregnancy centers, and serving as a premarital mentor with her husband, Sean, and they are in Dallas, Texas. Legacy Changer is Kristen's debut book coming out this month. You can find her other writings and publications like Relevant Magazine and The Joyful Life. 
laughing with and chasing after her four children helps burn off the calories that she consumes from her favorite treat, homemade gluten-free churros. Kristen, I feel like I'm going to need to try that one of these days. I've not experienced, but I love a good churro. And I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, of course. Well, as soon as I heard you talking about your story and your passions and your ministry, I knew I was like, we, I got to talk to this girl. My people need to hear from her because your message, you know, the best lessons I think that we get from other people come from personal stories and experiences. And yours is such a powerful one and resonated so much with me. So We're definitely going to dive into that. We're definitely going to talk about the book, but I have to, of course, first ask you what I ask all my guests, and that is, what does breathing room look like or feel like for you in your life? Mm, That's good. I'd love that you asked that question. I'd love hearing everyone's answers to it on your show. Um, Breathing room for me really looks like in, I would say the last five years, like finding my voice Mm. and giving myself the freedom to use my voice. I grew up feeling like my voice wasn't heard, like it didn't matter. Mm. Like it just didn't have a lot of agency over my own choices. Mm -hmm. And so to now having a family of my own to finally be finding my voice and feel what that freedom feels like for the first time, that just feels like I could take a bigger, deeper breath than I ever have before. Oh, I love that. Just that sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. The breathing room feels like freedom. I love that. And I love that you do feel like now you can use your voice in that way. That's fantastic. Um, So with that, I would love to hear a little more and for you to share, because I know um, it's a big piece of your ministry. And we're talking a lot today about the power of intentional emotional healing. Um, And this whole month, you know, February is all about love and hearts and, you know, all events. But when I think of that and how it's sometimes beautiful and sometimes really hard, I wanted to focus more this month on intentional healing of our own spirits, our own souls, and also uh, intentional joy. And we'll talk about that in another episode as well. But I know that's part of the story too. Um, But just tell us a little more about your story and what led you to write Legacy Changer, which I cannot wait to get my hands on, by the way. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you brought up February being the month of love, and sometimes that's hard for us to really lean into. And For me, that looks like redemption. February is especially a tender month in our little family because between our second and our third babies, we lost a baby and we lost that baby on Valentine's Day. And so this day that everyone feels like should be all about love was really painful and hard for us. Mm -hmm. But we decided after doing a couple of years of healing over it to redeem that day by making it a whole family day. And we involve the kids. We don't just sneak away for date night, but we do a chocolate fountain and we're all around and we get messy and we're laughing. And um, I just feel like that is the essence of my story. Grew up in my family that was chaotic and dysfunctional and painful 
And this place, kind of like Valentine's Day, it's like supposed to be a special and a safe and a fun thing. And it was didn't feel that way at all to me. But because I was never physically abused, I did not recognize for so many years that maybe there was something not super healthy about the way my family functioned. And so it wasn't until actually that we lost that baby that I went to counseling for the very first time in my life because I was so heartbroken over this baby. I just was not being able to take care of my other babies. And yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. And so I went thinking that I was going to be healing over the grief of this baby. And I actually did that much quicker than I anticipated I would and got through that grief process and then realized, oh yeah, God has a lot more for me in counseling. And oh, I'm, I'm not done. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there were years and years for me to unpack and to learn that I was really codependent and felt responsible for everyone's emotions in my family. Mm-hmm. My role became the one who gets it done. And the one who holds the glue together and the one who keeps the emotions at a level spot. And so I just had a lot of learning to do, recognizing of my own story in order for me to heal it because can't heal what we don't know. And it's amazing how we don't recognize so much of our own story until we're really intentional about it. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to talk about this. You know, even right now, when we're recording, it's not quite February yet, but. Right now in this season, I am going through so much of those kinds of things, you know, doing trauma work, doing the therapy, doing like acknowledging those pieces that then allow me to go, oh, that's affecting my family dynamic in this way. That's affecting it, you know. So I would love to hear a little bit more. And you do not have to go into specifics. I know you share a lot of your story openly, but just um, the, premise of your book as a whole, the legacy changer, changing the legacy of your family from what you've come from to where you're headed. Talk to me about how that unfolded for you and writing that book. So years after I started going to therapy, I was starting to recognize what healthy looked like and what maybe some proper boundaries look like, but I was still engaging in relationships that felt really out of control to me. Mm. And um, I opened the book by briefly telling the story of my mom had moved in with us when we still lived in Colorado and we were in the process of moving. So, you know, you have your house for sale. It's all a little stressful. He was physically unwell at that time. And so that was really compounding what was already a difficult relationship. Mm -hmm. And I started to notice the stress on my marriage and the stress on my kids. And the way that I was responding to that was all the ways that I hated that I was treated when I was little. And it started Mm -hmm. to scare me. I started to see that I've not only brought my mom into this picture of this family, but now I'm behaving to my kids the way I didn't like that I was treated. Mm-hmm. And I could just see right before me the cycle like going on and on. Yeah. And I was, it had to stop. I was finding her in my son's bedroom that we had given her as her temporary bedroom, found her many mornings still in her clothes from the day before and on the floor and pills scattered everywhere. 
And I was terrified. What if my then 18 month old had been the one to find those pills instead of me? Right. And so we tried to have the conversation about locking up the pills and she wasn't agreeable. And I just came to a spot where I said enough. I finally got the courage to say, I'm not going to let my kids be exposed to all the yucky things Mm -hmm. that I don't want to be part of their story. Yeah. And so I asked her to leave even though she had nowhere to go. And it was the most heartbreaking decision for me, but mm-hmm. it was necessary for me to start trauma therapy and start healing. Yeah. Um, I've heard somewhere, I can't remember who said it, but you cannot heal with those that did the hurt. Yeah. And so I just needed that space. Mm-hmm. And I know we've had that, you and I have had that conversation of what, a difficult and brave and scary, like all the big feelings thing to do. Because even, you know, we talk about in this space a lot, having healthy priorities, healthy boundaries. And sometimes that's hard just because we have to convince ourselves that we're allowed those things. We're worth those things. But sometimes that is compounded by maybe who that relationship is with. And so while trying to care for your husband, your children, it's still your mom, right? And so I just, I know there is somebody listening right now who feels that little tug and goes, oh no, that like, that's me, or I've had to do that thing, or I need to do that thing. And so just to speak to, yes, it's a hard, scary, brave thing. Um, and I appreciate so much your willingness to share that and the value and importance to maintain those healthy boundaries and priorities and care for your kids in that way. So just want to speak that in there because I know you're not alone in that. Thank you. I appreciate that. It can be a lonely place to be. Yes, for sure. And this is not, um, I've heard you, you were uh, speaking at a conference, I believe, and you were sharing something about like how we share the happy things, right? We share the things we're proud of or, oh, you've got yeah. kid, people used to tell me all the time, like, you look just like your mother. You've got your mama's smile or you, those are kind things to say. Mm-hmm. We don't say the things that are like the parents that don't look so nice necessarily. Yeah. Saying things like you bake the best banana bread, like your grandma always did. Like that feels so easy and so fun to say and pass down those family recipes and the sweet family heirlooms. But the truth is, is we inherit so much more and we inherit things like addictions and mental illness and destructive behavior, coping mechanisms. And we have to name them if we're ever going to have a chance at healing them. Yes. That is what I love about this book. And I just want to talk all about the book all the time. Um, Because knowing that we, you know, we talk, we as women, as adults, because that's generally who's listening here, inherit these things. But then those of us who are also parenting right now, when I acknowledge like, well, I've inherited this, or this is something that was taught and in our family culture and things, what of that am I seeing? And I, there are several things just recently in my own personal work and my daughter's, you know, 15 at, the, at this time. And so it's like, I see 
some of those things that I'm trying to work on to improve. Well, that's what she's had modeled all this time. Fix it, Jesus, right? I see you over there. You're constantly doing all the things for everyone else, but when do you have time to breathe and take care of yourself? God did not create you to be an afterthought, sis. It's time to refill your cup so that you can keep pouring into others without running on empty. I'm hosting a three-night, two-day retreat for women who struggle with constant exhaustion, feeling overwhelmed, never feeling caught up, and wishing they could just escape for a hot second. I want you to click the link in the show notes, or you can head over to racheldbaker.com to join the waitlist for the Renewal Retreat. Be the first to get the details for our next retreat so you can rest, recharge, and find refuge with other women who totally get it. You can't truly invest in others until you've invested in yourself. So click that link in the show notes or head over to racheldbaker.com and join the waitlist for the renewal retreat. So what does that look like? Um, Because you talked about getting intentional in your own healing, finding peace. I'd love to hear what did that look like for you and how it has helped you and your family moving forward as those of us out here are going, oh, crap, (laughs) (laughs) needing and wanting to take those steps. So what did that look like for you and how has that helped you? Yeah. So for me, it started with trauma work. Now, everyone has pain in their stories, but not every pain is going to be trauma. Trauma, I feel like is a word that just gets tossed around so much these days. And so I feel like it's important to be clear what we're talking about when trauma happens. It's because of two things, because we didn't get the care that we deserved and we didn't feel like we had the ability to make any other choice. We didn't feel like we had agency over our body or our voice or the situation. And so that horrible feeling, usually that fight, flight, or freeze feeling gets literally stuck in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And until we reprocess that and we have our brain bring that memory all the way to the prefrontal cortex and Mm -hmm. like that logical part that can think it through and understand what the heck happened to us until that happens, it's going to stay stuck. And you talked about, you know, not having these things repeat in our children. And it is so easy to just pass that trauma on down to them because we're responding to that fight, flight, or freeze. And we don't have control over our own selves. Mm -hmm. So I had to get control over my own self if I was going to not repeat these patterns. And so I did a ton of EMDR. Mm -hmm. um, And that it's just a specific therapy that helps you reprocess the memory. So of course we still remember that these things happen to us, but we can now remember them and not feel so yucky in our body. Right. Um, we're not having that tightness in our chest or feeling nauseous in our stomach. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of EMDR work and I actually continue to do EMDR to this day. It's so crazy. I've And that is very similar, I think, to brain spotting is another type. Those are very similar. Um, and just from my personal experience, it is insane the difference that can be made when you do have an experience like that, or you do have 
a portion of life that needs to be processed in a new way, in a healthy way with guidance from someone who's trained in it. You know, this isn't something you're going to go out and do on your own. Um, And if you feel like there's something, if you're listening right now and you feel like there's something in your life that needs to be processed in a healthy way, find a counselor who is trained in these methods because being able to walk through those things and process it differently with the coaching and guidance of a therapist can make such an insane difference in just your your the peace of your spirit and your physical wellness right it's been it's blown my mind <laughs> the difference that it can make I love that it's one of those areas where science is finally catching up to what the Bible says. Yes. That, you know, EMDR and brain spot, all this stuff. I feel like if you don't know what it is, it can sound a little woo-woo and a little like, what's going on there? But the Bible talks over and over about healing by renewing your mind. Yes. Oh, I'm wallowing that right now. The renewing of your mind. It, please bring it on. <laughs> yeah. God wants to redeem our stories. Mm -hmm. He is not just like, well, that was a sad one. Like he is chomping at the bit for us to just like open that darkness into his light and to invite him in and to be brave enough to say, okay, what are some of these things that I need to walk through so that I can walk closer to what your calling looks like for me? Because when we are emotionally drained, and we are distracted. We are not walking in the fullness of who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. And it's keeping us from really completing our calling, especially with our families. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay. So going through the training, the trauma work, EMDR, those types of things, um, what else has that looked like for you? Part of that, actually before that, in order to do that effectively is I did a bunch of story work and that looks like laying out everything you can remember in order to dig out the shameful lies that we've mm. been believing. Cause we can point back to things and say, Oh, like that was really overwhelming, confusing for me. And I started to believe I was unlovable. I was started to believe that my voice didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then you can see throughout the rest of your life where that response has been happening over and over and over. And it does have a point where it started. And so story work was really important. And then starting to understand my identity in Christ Mm. was super important. I was not raised in a home with believers. And so I became a believer as a young adult and kind of became a believer I feel like just in time, like God's timing is always perfect, but it was like just in time for me to start this healing process and understand that I wasn't going through it alone because God was with me. And it wasn't like unlearning all these things just to like look to the left and right and have the world inform me of who I am. Mm -hmm. But instead, God gets to tell me who I am. Mm. And it's been honestly really hard to believe all the things that God says of who I am. But I believe his word is true. And so I just keep going back and I'm like, maybe one day I'm going to get through my thick brain. All these things he says about me. Yes. That's, you know, I feel like that a lot because it's funny. The things that I share here with the ladies who are listening or reading, 
I share the things that I've had to hear on repeat for my own, you know, and I still need to hear. It's not like I've got this down, guys. Everybody catch <laughs> up. Like every day I I get to talk about these things, which God knew I would need because I need to hear these things. And so that kind of stuff where just your identity in Christ, who he says we are, the, you know, loved and valued and worthy and all those things. It's exactly like you said, like, oh, but really, I don't know. Yep. So I love you saying like, oh, yeah, me too. Got to go back and revisit that. (laughs) I think adopted into his family and his beloved are my very favorite ones because Mm. I didn't feel like I was part of a strong family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like probably so many people can relate like, good thing I can be part of God's family because my family is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) During the healing process, tattooed on my wrist, beloved, Mm. I wanted to remember every time I look down that that's true no matter what my circumstances. Right. And what a blessing to be able to cling to that in this broken, crazy, hot mess of a world where like just people there's, I don't even know about it. Like we are people. It is hard. Mm-hmm. And to have that one constant truth to turn back to. So good. So you did all this work. You got clearer on who you are in Christ. What has it done for your family? Talk about, you know, now you're trying to leave this different, this changed legacy. What does that look like for you guys? Similar to when we, at the beginning, we talked about finding my voice and that gave me freedom. Mm-hmm. I think it has given me a license to do things differently and a kind of like ripped off the bandaid of like, well, this is just the way things are in our family and kind of like threw that bandaid away. Like this is not just going to be the way things are in yeah. our family. And we get the crazy honor and privilege of pioneering what this is going to be like. So we get to choose what Christmas looks like. We get Mm -hmm. to choose how we celebrate birthdays. I get to choose what discipline looks like in my family. I get to choose the words that come out of my mouth and I'm not shaming my kids. Mm -hmm. Like it, I mess up constantly, but to know, like I can say sorry and then we can repair And something I like to say often in our family when our our kids right now are 16, 14, 10, and six. So we're in all the stages. Right. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) it's wild and crazy. And there's oftentimes someone's having a meltdown. And Uh so when just the chaos is erupting in the family, I like to look at everyone and say, hey, guys, guess what? We're still a family and we still love each other Mm -hmm. because what it comes down to. And so no matter how mad you are right now, we still have this opportunity. And so I think what the healing has done for me is just to be a daily reminder of like, you get to do this in a healthy way. And it just Mm -hmm. feels like the best privilege and the most peaceful amount of freedom. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I, you know, my, my business name, I set up in 2020, but the branding over everything is merciful mornings because I just live under, 
don't know, a blessing, a sense of peace, a please, I need it. You know, that idea from Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. And we do a lot of that when it comes to like bedtime and it's been a rough one. And, you know, special needs mom, like I've got my own mess. I've got a son who struggles a lot. And he's got an older sister who gets super emotional and we're just all in our feels, right? And bedtime's just hard anyway. And so we get to the end of the day and everybody's at each other. It's like, you know what, guys, we're all just going to go to sleep. And when we get up in the morning, new mercies for everybody. We're starting fresh. So good. And we love each other and Jesus loves us. And here we, you know, so just close your eyes and when you open them back up, it'll be better. I think that gives kids so much like a sense of safety and security. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to wake up to this family that still loves me, no matter how rotten I was today. Yeah. And you're just speaking like words of life and truth over your kids constantly. Mm. Trying anyway. I mean, like you said, it's not like that's my like, children, let me speak scripture over you as you <laughs> come to your sheep and go to sleep. Like, yeah, that is that is not the state of things always in this house. But when I'm in a good place, like you've said, that intentional emotional healing, when I am trying to actively have time with God and keep myself regulated and keep myself grounded, that allows me to be in that space when everybody else is a little dysregulated <laughs> and feeling yeah. kind of crazy. Right. And so I do think, and I've been told time and time again, that the better I can take care of myself, the better my family falls into that place as well. Um, I will name one other book here that I think speaks really well to this. It's Allie Worthington. And she just in the last year released Remaining You While Raising Them. And I think that pairs well with this conversation as well. I love Allie's book. Um, oh, it's so good. Um, but this one that you have got coming out, like, I just feel like goes really well with that. But it, it's almost in a deeper level, too, where you can remain yourself, but even healing and becoming a better version, closer to who God created you to be before the brokenness and hard things of this world came at you, right? God didn't create you in that, but you can get there. Yeah. I think as Christians, we can recognize that we are all in the process of sanctification. Mm. And so whether or not you had trauma in your story and, you know, things that other people might seem like feel like more extreme, whether or not you're there or you feel like you just had a super healthy, great family, we all are sinners. And so every single one of us is messing up. And so we can stand in the place of, I love my family and I love my parents. And also they did things that probably didn't serve me really well. And I'm going to try differently. Mm -hmm. So I feel like every single one of us has a legacy that we can be improving upon. I put a crown on the front of the book because I wanted to convey the idea of passing something down to the next generation that we've inherited. And sometimes that crown is a little beat up and it's missing some gemstones and it's a little tarnished. And if we want something beautiful to hand down to the next generation, we're going to have to put a little elbow grease into it and Mm. it won't be perfect. Hopefully they can improve upon what we hand them, Mm -hmm. but we can give them something that we're proud of. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love 
just the proactive intentional spirit behind all of this, this whole conversation and what you're talking about of being aware of it, the self-awareness, the uh, intentional piece of handing them something that's a little bit better than what we had to begin with, knowing that also as humans and sinners, at like we're not doing it perfectly along the way either. And they can <laughs> fix some of that and clean that off. When it's yep. their turn, right? Oh, that's so good. Okay. So some practical things. I always love to leave everybody with some like practical tools, strategies, not to have a bigger to-do list, but just to have something in mind of, yes, I want to take steps that direction. If there are any tools or any strategies um, you've got that are really helpful for you around, you know, managing your time as you try to be this present mom and all the things um, and having some breathing room for yourself for all this work. What are some tools or strategies that have been real helpful for you in that? I think one thing that is turning away from what I saw modeled. My mom had so much trauma herself that she wasn't very good at play. And so I have to choose to have a messy house sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have to choose to miss a deadline sometimes and say, we're going to play a family game or we're going to mm-hmm. go on a walk. So I make the choices that sometimes feel a little panicky inside of me because I really would like a clean house or whatever it is. Um to just infuse a little bit more joy and fun into our house. Mm -hmm. But the other big thing that I am just constantly practicing and trying to get better on is co-regulation with my kiddos Mm. because God created us for community and to need one another. And it's even more true for kiddos that don't have a prefrontal cortex yet. And they literally cannot process so much of what's happening around them every day. Yeah. And they need someone to come alongside, help them calm down, help them understand what's happening, help Mm -hmm. them create a strategy for how they're going to deal with it and give them some agency and help them develop their own voice. Mm -hmm. Instead of just, you know, knock it off or be quiet, or you've asked me that 14 times or whatever we're so tempted to say, because we are exhausted and pushed to our limits. Mm -hmm. I'm trying as much as I have bandwidth for to help them co-regulate mm-hmm. because it is amazing what it can prevent in terms of meltdowns continuing on. And then just how much better we all feel at the end of the day when that's how we spend our day. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, I just feel like we're walking a very similar path, Chris. <laughs> I mean, yes, we are. Very different past experiences that got us to where we are, but also still just I think around similar times coming to this self-awareness and wanting to do better. And so I I think that's why I am so excited for this book to come out and get in hands. I'm going to want to share it with everybody. Maybe we'll just give one or two away when it's out. Yes, let's do a giveaway. That sounds fun. I love giveaways. Um, Okay, so obviously your book, Everyone Needs, um, but I do like to ask my guests if there is a book or a podcast that has just really helped you or encouraged you, something you would recommend to those listening. I recommend a couple. Come on, bring them all. My list just keeps growing and one of these days I'll get caught up, but... There's too many good ones out there. So Free and Fully Alive by Carrie Scott Garcia. Mm probably my number one pick. So, 
so good. And I learned a lot of what I know about story work from Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, Try Softer from Andy Kobler. Yes. Really you told me about that one. It's all, it's on my list. Good. Like, I got to yes. get there. You won't regret it. <laughs> um, she does a good job explaining trauma in a way that's just really easy to understand. And then Mindsight by Dr. Daniel Siegler. Um, he also did the whole brain child and um, that more people are familiar with, but he does a good job um, helping us understand why we behave the way we behave after we've gone through pain. Mm, that's so good. Is there anything else? I mean, obviously I want you to let people know where they can find you. So we're going to share that, but is there anything else you want to just make sure we say to our people? I do want to let everyone know about the new quiz that's up on my site. It's about your cycle breaking superpower. And so this helps you figure out what needs that you maybe had not met as a child, mm. the role you played because of that, and how that really can be your superpower today in breaking cycles, because you've developed these tools that you can put to good use. Ooh, I love so just it. at kristenhallinan.com, you'll find that on the homepage. Perfect. The website, kristenhelenan.com. And we will link everything in the show notes, all of the books and resources, everything will be linked in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. So we've got the website. Where else can people find and connect with you, Kristen? Yeah, I'm on Instagram usually at uh, kristen.hallinan. Perfect. Everybody go find her, follow her, jump in the DMs, take the quiz and the book obviously will be linked. And I really, I love the giveaway idea. I think we might need to do for sure. a little of that. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so good. I love talking with you and I know it is going to be such a blessing to those listening. So thank you, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to check the show notes to get links for all the resources mentioned in this episode. As always, your reviews make such a difference. So thank you for taking the time to leave those for us. Your ratings and thoughts mean so much. I love reading each and every one. As we wrap up today, please remember, life can feel crazy and overwhelming sometimes, but you will never regret taking the time to create some breathing room.